Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, Montana? Happy Monday. Hope you had a phenomenal Father's Day weekend. Thanks so much for spending some time here with us. I'm Coulter Nuanez. You listen to Nuanez Now, your one-stop shop for all things sports each and every day all around the great state of Montana, right here on 1029 ESPN, as well as statewide television, SWX Montana TV. If you want to watch or listen uh, around the earth, any anywhere you want, any of your mobile devices, any of your streaming devices, any of that, you can either hit us up on YouTube N-U-A-N-E-Z. That'll get you there. Or you can just go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab, and that'll take you to the stream. You want to be a part of this show? You want to participate with me? 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. It's easy. It's the same call letters you're listening to on your radio, 888-1029. You can call or text that number at any time, and Reese, our producer, will send those messages along to me if you have any sort of involvement you want to be uh, a part of this show with. If you missed anything in the first hour, we had a great first hour. Sammy Evans, what a great and inspirational story. Young lady from Haver, Montana, who was a triple jumper at the University of Montana, 
who then went out on her own after college and continued to pursue her Olympic dreams and some five years later was able to participate in the United States Olympic Trials where she took 19th uh, this last weekend in what she now calls her final meet of her track career. But very awesome that she said she wanted to make one run at the Olympics and got all the way to the trials. Very cool for the young lady from Haver, Montana. A great story of perseverance. Also had uh, the first part of two parts of our Senior Spotlight Series for this week, featuring Coulter Janicaro. He's a Missoula Big Sky alum and recently named the overall MVP of the East-West Shrine game as he led the West squad to a 21-12 victory. And we also gave you a little insight and a little details on the Montana Football Hall of Fame as well. The banquet this weekend, Saturday night, 6 p.m. at the Billings Convention Center uh, over there in Billings. We're looking forward, I'm looking forward to it tremendously, but we're looking forward to uh, finally having an induction ceremony after having to take last year off. If you want to find anything in that for First hour of today's show. You can find it on the podcast, which is available on all your various podcasting platforms, or you can find it on our station website as well. The podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. We, uh, we do this senior spotlight series where we highlight various top high school seniors from around the state of Montana. And I try to do it once a week, but sometimes schedules get busy. So we did not have a senior spotlight last week. So we're doing two, not just this week, but today. And so we go now to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line and welcome in Jake Olson. He's a recent graduate of Butte High School and incoming Montana Grizzly and recently named the MVP of the East-West Shrine game for the West squad on the offensive side of the ball. Jake, thanks so much for making some time for us, my man. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Very good. Let's talk a little bit about the week that was because a, a lot of guys from all over the state, some of the best high school football talent, descended upon your hometown, which is very cool uh, that Butte was able to host the, the preliminaries of this and the game took place uh, in Billings. So uh, what did you think of just being able to kind of show off the Mining City and having all the best from the West come to Butte? Um, you know, I personally, you know, a little biased here, but I think Butte is the best city in Montana to play uh, sports in. You know, it's a great environment, great community environment, and uh, we have the best football field uh, definitely in Montana. But, um, you know, having everyone down there and being a part of Naranchi, just it was a great feeling and just uh, them getting to experience the town as we, like, did activities together. I know we went to the Granite Mountain Speculator Mine as a little group activity. You know, most of the guys loved it up there. They definitely said they wanted to come back and visit. So just everyone being a part of just Butte and its history and Naranchi is just very awesome. That element is so cool because I remember when I was in high school, I'm about 15, 16 years out of high school, but Butte High used to play up at the middle school. They hadn't yet returned back to Naranchi, but I think it's awesome that they did. They were able to redo it, put a new field in there and all that stuff, but it definitely is one of the premier uh, high school venues. But for your perspective, you played your high school career there. So uh, what are some of your favorite memories from Naranchi, and where did this uh, last week rank? Because I know you didn't play the actual Shrine game there, but it must have been cool getting to practice on your home field one last time. Yeah, you know, I've had definitely a ton of a ton of great memories on Naranchi, you know, with the uh, state game against Bozeman and having our uh, home playoff games there uh, my junior year. You know, that was something extremely special to me. And, uh, you know, just a lot of – I spent, you know, my whole freshman year even watching from that student section, watching the big dogs play, just always wanting to be them. And then 
the last three years of my football career, just being able to do that is just one of the best things you can do. And being able to have my last week of technically high school football to be practiced on the ranch was just huge for me. And especially that last practice before we headed off to Billings was just, it was hard for me to finally walk off that field with pads on my shoulders for the first, our last time, but just very special. It is interesting to think of, of your final finale being a practice rather than a game because usually it's like you're either celebrating a win or crying because you lost your last game. But either way, uh, you got to actually have a, a moment where it wasn't result-based, so very cool. Jake Olson from Butte, Montana, joining us here on the Rankish Brothers RV phone line as part of our Senior Spotlight Series. Presented in part by McElmurray Homes. Blaine McElmurray has used his values of hard work with McElmurray Homes throughout his career as Missoula's highest quality custom residential company. Since 2003, McElmurray Homes has helped contract and subcontract some of the Garden City's finest homes. McElmurray Homes is committed to offering quality customer service, quality products, and the best prices throughout any project. And McElmurray Homes is proud to support local high school athletes from around the great state of Montana. Jake, let's talk a little bit about the game. You were the offensive MVP for the West squad. It was not much offense going on in this game. A pretty big slugfest, 21-12. to 12, The West was able to persevere in this thing, but no scores of any sort for, I believe, uh, the last five minutes of the third quarter all the way through the fourth quarter, completely scoreless. So a lot of defense, but I know that you were able to earn that MVP because you converted some key uh, third downs and also caught a touchdown early on as well, thrown by Missoula Sentinels' Dayton Bay. So take us through the experience. What would you think of the game, and how are you guys able to uh, come out on top? Uh, well, you know, I'd say a, a huge, huge, huge reason of uh, why we won that game was just uh, uh, how deadly our defense was. You know, those guys are, every single one of them are heck of players, you know. Everyone was just clicking on all cylinders, and especially during practice, after that first practice, I knew that they were going to be a huge key part of the game, and, you know, it ended up being that case. Uh, you know, starting off, uh, starting on offense, slow kind of made everyone a little bit nervous but um getting those stops on defense really helped out and uh especially before that first half we kind of got our offense rolling a little bit and then as soon as we got up kind of slowed down a little bit but uh thankfully the defense could help hold that game for us one of the most fun uh, and fascinating parts of playing the shrine game is getting a chance to play with guys that you played against from around the state so Tell me about that experience. Like you said, you got to play with a lot of guys who are your future teammates, but also probably played with and against some guys that have been sort of rivals or, or from schools that you've been going against for years. Oh, so yeah. What was it like becoming teammates with guys you've been going against forever? Well, you know, so especially, on, like, I love all the Sentinel guys, all the Missoula guys, but, you know, on that football field, we butt heads. Uh, you know, we talk a little bit. We chip at each other, but... Being teammates with those guys, I don't think I'd trade it for the world. Uh, you know, all my rivals, all rivals uh, that I played against, they were just really great, you know. This time, no guys especially, just I have so much love for those guys. And, you know, Jenico and just all everyone, you know, Capital, those selling high guys, even those Class B and C guys that we had, and that, those Class A guys, just every single member of that squad was just, like, amazing to be with for that whole week. Jake Olson joining us as part of our Senior Spotlight Series, presented in part by Palmer's Drug, as well as McElmurray Holmes. Jake is a senior at Butte High School. I guess a recently graduated senior now. It's his alma mater now. But, Jake, talk about uh, 
getting back on the football field because I know you've probably been training and working out, getting prepared for your upcoming career uh, with the Montana Grizzlies. But it's always a funny thing when you participate in these all-star games because um, you haven't played football in a long time. And it does, as, as you know, it doesn't matter how good a shape you're in. You're not in football shape until you're playing football. So what was the body feeling like, That's especially true. those first couple of practices? You know, uh, I wouldn't say uh, uh, as, like, uh, conditioning after those practices. It was too hard, you know. Obviously, your body's going to be run down and just sore all over the place because you haven't been going at it, hitting each other for a long time. But especially during the game, you know, you're not used to that uh, adrenaline that you'd be getting, you know, every Friday night during season. So especially after that first touchdown I had and that two-point conversion, you know, my adrenaline was just so high. I couldn't really, like, focus a whole lot very well and, you know, uh, get my breath slowed down. But as the game went on, I kind of just focused my mind a little bit more so it just got easier for me as it went on but you know it was tough for sure what do you think was the thing that put you guys over the top because it was like we mentioned a sort of a slugfest but you guys were able to to finish the deal and it was a big win for the west because the west is the east has had the upper hand the last couple years i also thought it was an interesting dynamic because there's so many guys from western montana that are going to the grizzlies now uh, particularly all the guys from right. missoula but then also yourself so it was almost like a twofold deal right it was representing for the west but also representing for your future school and it was almost like a mini little cat grizz because you had all these future grizz guys on the west and then all the uh, future bobcat guys on the east. I know there's a couple grizz guys on the east and vice versa, but uh, sort of cool that you guys sort of started this rivalry. So um, what did you think of that element, the fact that uh, you sort of got a preview of a, a lot of guys that you're going to continue now to play with? You know, oh, yeah. Well, you know, being around, I believe we had – we I, I don't know, we had a couple handfuls of uh, – D1 athletes, uh, MSU and U of M on the west side. So just being able to uh, actually be teammates with those guys just to see what they, uh, you know, will be like in the future and their football minds and just uh, the spirit they show and their competitiveness. It was just, uh, you know, just really good to be around, especially because that's what I'll be around the next, you know, five years. And being able to go against them was huge, you know. You're going to be playing with those guys, just these big group of guys. Everyone's good. And to just show off your skills in front of those guys and for your school, you know, get the fans a little excited for you. But to be playing with and against them was just amazing. Jake Olson, Butte, Montana, future Montana Grizzly, joining us on Nuanez Now. You're listening to 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as maybe watching in statewide television, SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for kicking it with us, spending some time with us on your Monday. All right, Jake, let's talk about the Grizz element of this thing, because I usually do follow-ups with uh, all the recruits incoming for both Montana and Montana State. and actually was not able to circle around with you when you first committed uh, to the University of Montana, but your old man... He played for the Grizz back in the day, played some hoops for the Grizz. And uh, yep. Butte has definitely been a, a – Butte was a bobcat town forever when during the sunny holidays. But ever since the rise of Colt Anderson, I think that you can definitely say that Butte has leaned a little bit more towards the Grizz. But regardless, tell us about your recruiting experience. What was the process like for you and what end, uh, ended up leading you to ultimately choosing the University of Montana? Well, so – I uh, I've been in, I was in contact with them for you know a while with uh, coaches you know 
players that have already been there. And, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about it, especially in uh, those aspects of, like, uh, schooling and coaching and all that. But just getting to talk with them, I just realized how much of a family it is down there. And I just thought about it, and I just really wanted to be a part of that. And especially with school, you know, I'm going... uh, I'm going into business down there and that I've heard that's just extremely well down there. So, but especially like the family aspect of it and just how close everyone is. And, you know, I heard it's just very uh, competitive. Everyone loves each other down there. So I'm just, I want to be a part of that real bad. So that's basically what made the decision for me. I know you played tight end these last couple of years, one of the outstanding tight ends in the state of Montana. But I also know you got a pretty darn good frame. So have, has, there, has there been any conversations had about what your position might be at the University of Montana? And if by chance it was uh, maybe along the lines on the offensive or defensive line, is that something you'd be open to? You know, I'd be open to any position. You know, as long as I'm playing the sport I love, I have no problem uh, with anything. But they haven't talked to me about uh, a position change other than just being a tight end which uh, I wouldn't say I'd prefer because I wouldn't care as long as I'm just playing the sport, but that's what it's sounding like just to be a tight end, you know? Very cool. Well, what the, what's your favorite part about football? Man? What do you think has uh, helped you get to this point? Because obviously you have to love the game to want to pursue it at the collegiate level, but what about football for you has, has kept you going and, and pursuing these goals? Well, you know, I just... I really like the brotherhood brotherhood that football brings, you know, and all the lessons I've learned from coaches, players, you know. I just think it's amazing. I just love football because, you know, you need all 11 guys for the perfect system. And I just love how it's just a team sport. And honestly, it's just fun running around and hitting things. So, (laughs) You gotta love it. What was your dad's reaction when uh, you told him you were going to the Grizz? Because he must have been pretty happy as a, a proud Grizz alum. Oh yeah. Well, even before I made the made the big decision, you know, he dropped a pin tear in there. You know, hey, I'd really love it if you went to the Grizz. You know, maybe that can be a birthday present or something. But um, <laughs> other than that, you know, he was just he was just so happy for me as any. Uh, father would but especially that that was his school and he has so much history there and to be able to continue that legacy of uh, our family is just really huge and it just it really made him proud in terms of the Grizz coaching staff by the way Jake Olson joining us part of our senior spotlight series here on Nuanez now senior spotlight presented in part by Palmer's Drug of Missoula no matter what you do in Missoula seems like everybody loves to buy local and that's a great thing give Palmer's Drug a chance. They're a local pharmacy and they can give you upstanding and one-of-a-kind service that you're not going to find at any of the chain pharmacies. When you think local, think pharmacy. Palmer's Drug located at the corner of Southwest Higgins and 39th Street. Uh, Jake, what do you think of the University of Montana football coaches? Because I got a chance to spend some time with them on Friday at the Grizz. I quarterback club scramble. Hadn't seen those guys in live person uh, for a long time, but... It's a veteran coaching staff with a bunch of experience. So what is your perspective on the coaching staff you're about to go play for? You know, I think I'm about to go play for the best uh, coaching staff in Montana. Um, I've I've chatted a lot with uh, a good variety of coaches. Um, you know, Coach Sachs, he was my recruiting coach. You know, Coach Erickson's my tight end coach. And, you know, he's just what I've heard from him personally. He's, they're both 
just outstanding guys, uh, very cool to talk to, very nice, uh, a lot of love in their hearts, and I'm just excited to go meet them in person and, you know, have them yell at me for a couple years and just see what it's all about, but it's going to be great. What did you think of uh, getting a chance to meet some of your future teammates? Because that was probably a pretty cool experience, and uh, kind of getting to know and compete for the first time with guys that now you'll be spending the next four or five years with. Yeah. Um, well, so we all stayed, especially so not the whole week of practice because we stayed in a hotel here in Butte. But when we were down there, all uh, east and west was staying in uh, the dorms, obviously. And uh, that first day before the game, when we got there, you know, everyone was kind of talking to each other, uh, especially the commits. We all got in kind of groups every once in a while, and we'd chat it up. You know, we have a group chat that we all talk in. And, uh, you know, we already all love each other. Um, only for seeing each other maybe a couple times, but for the most part, it's all love. And, the, and especially during that game, you know, that's when he really got locked in and focused. So it was done with the buddy-buddy. And then we just played football. But after the football field, or after the football game, just going on that field and getting pictures with all the commits and talking to them all and chatting it up. It was just, it's really special that uh, I'm going to be with those guys for the next chapter. So I'm just really happy for that. Well, what's the next steps to hear then for the next couple months? Uh, when, when will you report to Missoula and uh, what are your goals between now and maybe the beginning of fall camp? Well, so I, uh, I report on August 7th, but um, you know, we can, we were able to start going down there and working out and talking with the team and the coaches on, on campus after June 1st. So I'm planning on hopefully getting down there a couple times and uh, talking with the guys and the coaches and uh, just seeing what they're doing right now. But for the most part, I'm just going to continue to keep working out and just get bigger and faster. And then fall will come and we'll see what happens. Well, last thing for you then, I, I know that it's been a, a long year for everybody, but the fact that you were able to then commit and sign and get through your senior year, and now you had this culmination of this great all-star performance and now, basically, the final chapter of your high school career, it, it is in the books. Uh, you you are now officially now into the college realm. But has it started to sink in yet that, that you are, in fact, a, a Montana Grizzly and probably something that's been something you've dreamt about for a long time? Yeah, you know, I've always wanted uh, to play uh, at the Grizz, you know, whether it be basketball or football. It didn't really matter to me at all um, as long as I got there because I've always wanted to go there ever since I was just a little kid. But, um, you know, honestly, till, till, still to this point, it hasn't really hit me that, you know, I'm a Montana Grizzly. I'm going to be in college here soon. And, you know, the day I report, it's coming up quickly. But, you know, I still feel like that little high school kid. But now that it's, you know, finally over, I'm just starting to realize that, uh, you know, dang, the big leagues are coming up here soon. So I just got to get ready for it mentally, physically, and all that. Jake Olson, Butte High alum, MVP of the offensive side of the ball for the West in the East-West Shrine game. A big factor in them earning a 21-12 victory over the East during Saturday's All-Star Showcase and a future Montana Grizzly joining us here on Nuana as now as part of our Senior Spotlight. Jake, we appreciate you taking so much time today, man. Best of luck with your summer. Look forward to meeting you in person uh, when fall camp rolls around. But in the meantime, be well. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. That was a blast. Jake Olson, Butte, Montana. He's going to be a good one, man. He's uh, 
He is so big. He's about 6'8", 260 right now. <laughs> he's, he is just a man amongst boys. He is a big, big, big kid. And uh, like one of the Grizz coaches told me on Friday, he doesn't even have a whisker yet. So he might be a late bloomer. So that's scary. The fact that he's already that big and uh, still might have some more room to grow uh, could be pretty impressive. But a, a good get, a guy that I think is a diamond in the rough and could have an outstanding career, should have an outstanding career at the University of Montana. Senior Spotlight presented in part by McElmurray Holmes. Blaine McElmurray has used his values of hard work with McElmurray Holmes, Missoula's highest quality custom residential company. McElmurray Holmes committed to offering quality customer service, quality products, and the best prices throughout any project. And McElmurray Holmes is proud to support local high school athletes from around the state of Montana. All things NBA, plus the U.S. Open with Brooks Nuanas, right here on Nuanas Now, right after this. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. What's up, Montana? Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Hope you're having a great Monday so far. Well, happy now to go to the Rankish Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in Brooks Duanez from SkylineSportsMT.com. He's my brother, my business partner. And most of the time we're talking Big Sky Conference stuff, but today we're going to talk a little U.S. Open and talk a little NBA as well here in the second hour of Nuanez Now as we double up the Nuanez on Nuanez Now. Brooks, thanks so much for taking a minute for us. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Uh, fun time. A bunch of different playoffs are going. I know the NHL is bumping along to it in the Stanley Cup final and uh, got NBA and golf going, so great time of year for sports. One of our favorite Sundays of the year, always Father's Day, and happy Father's Day to you, Brooks. Happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there. And one thing we always enjoyed with our father was playing a little golf if we could, but mostly watching the U.S. Open Golf Championship. And this time, I came down the wire, a thrilling tournament, not nearly the grind that a U.S. Open usually is. The winner, John Rahm, a score of six under par. Usually, uh, these scores are at or above even par, but John Rahm goes six under. He hits a winding looping, super long putt on 18 and then has to sit there and wait uh, as the tournament winds down. But John Rahm, who has been flirting with number one player in the world status multiple times over the last couple years, a 26-year-old from Spain, he takes home his first major championship. So, Brooks, this is your overall impression of the U.S. Open. And don't forget about the 30-foot winder on 17, too. Back-to-back birdies to win a U.S. Open. I thought it was one of the more memorable, memorable performances in the last decade or so um, in, in a golf major. I thought John Rahm played extremely well. He held on. He made some runs early, but kind of pretty much just stayed consistent, and the rest of the pack kind of came back to him. 
A lot of guys fell apart in the back, most notably Bryson DeChampo, uh, who shoots 44 after leading at the turn. <laughs> and 44, Colton, it sounds a little bit like you or I's score. Uh, clearly not on a PGA course, but John Rahm played really well, struck the ball great. I was sad to see Louis Oosthuizen uh, miss his tee shot on 17, but he still was in it. All he had to do, he stuck, stuck his third shot after the penalty onto the green and had to make that par putt to stay in it. Missed the par putt barely. Uh, goes to 18, birdies it like he would have had to. Um, but that Eric T shot on 17 knocked him out. And Louis keeps hanging on. Won the 2010 British Open. But since then, he has those third most top, second place finishes in majors in golf history. Behind Phil Mickelson with 11 and Tiger Woods with 7. And now Louis Oosthuizen has 6 solo second place finishes in majors. So, sad for Louis. Happy for John Rahm. Up and coming star who's well deserving of, of his first major championship. Speaking of the star power element of this, what do you think of John Rahm's uh, marketability and star power? Because oftentimes that goes hand in hand with uh, the both fame you can achieve as a golfer, but also a lot of the pressure that comes along with it. I actually think that some of the guys that maybe aren't the crossover type stars have a chance to have more consistent success because being under this this strong spotlight sometimes causes for you to maybe not. Uh, have sustained success. We've seen a lot of guys that have had flashes and become big stars like Jordan Spieth or Rory McIlroy, but then have had a hard time breaking through uh, after their initial surge, particularly in major championships. So what do you think of John Rahm's, uh, that that element of John Rahm's uh, sort of persona and brand? I love it, man. I think it's, um, as you mentioned, I think that it's a lot less distracting when you kind of stay a little bit out of the limelight, when you're not necessarily as marketable, which I think he is. I think that he'll get a lot of of, of golf sponsorships, but less, less mainstream sponsorships, kind of like Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy have, have encountered. I heard a really interesting tidbit on the broadcast about how much Phil Nicholson has followed his career and how much he's mentored him, both Arizona, Arizona State graduates. Um, and Phil Nicholson was, was talking to one of the, uh, the broadcasters about how John Rahm is one of the only guys on tour to not have a big entourage. He's not a guy that carries a swing coach and his health coach and his dietitian and, and his mental health coach. And he doesn't roll like that. He just has his wife and now his new son, which was fun on Father's Day to see, um, and, and one, one coach, and that's it. And, he's, and widely considered one of the only guys on tour to only have one coach. I think it's really smart. I think John Rahm trusts his swing and, 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 and kind of stays a little bit out of the noise. So as you mentioned... Those guys do have a little better chance to have sustained success. So I love that about John Rahm. I think it's great for the sport also to have you know diverse personalities as well as body types and swing styles, and, and he has all of that. Uh, I think it's really interesting and it's, good. it's great for the game. Brooks Nuana is joining us. It's Nuana is now broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go check out Northwest Motorsport. They are located on the uh, corner of Mount and Stevens. The largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. That's their slogan, trucks, trucks, and more trucks. And they're not lying, so go check them out. They're new to Missoula, but they bring a massive selection of whatever you're in the mood for. And uh, really appreciate Northwest Motorsport for being a part of Nuanez now. All right, let's talk about all things NBA, Brooks. First of all, I find it fascinating in the NBA. Uh, I think it's the reason that it's one of the reasons the league is so popular right now is there's so much drama that surrounds everything that happens in the league. And as the playoffs go along, it's fascinating to me that the secondary storylines are who keeps winning and the primary storylines are the teams that most recently lost and what they might do now that they have lost. We're down now to the Final Four uh, in the NBA playoffs, the Western Conference Finals between the Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers. Phoenix took Game 1 yesterday, a virtuoso performance by Devin Booker. Uh, He has been outstanding, perhaps maybe the best player in these NBA playoffs so far. And then uh, after Milwaukee outlasted Brooklyn in a thrilling overtime game uh, two nights ago, I guess it would have been Friday night, 
or Saturday night, excuse me. Uh, then Atlanta takes care of business in Game 7 against Philadelphia, and the 76ers now faced with a variety of questions, most of which center upon Ben Simmons. So what do you think of just the dynamic that uh, oftentimes in the NBA we're talking about the teams that are out and what they do next, even more than the teams that are still alive? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Philly has a, lot, uh, a tough road ahead. Um, I, I wonder what they're going to do. You know, Ben Simmons is, is, is why, I mean, I would call him the most polarizing player in sports right now. Um, you know, maybe outside of some guys that create a little bit more of social social upheaval, like uh, Colin Kaepernick. But, I mean, goodness gracious. Ben Simmons, what will they do with him? How Doc Rivers came out with a quote today that said they have a plan in place for how to develop skill development throughout the entire summer. And Ben Simmons will not play with the Australian national team for the Olympics. Instead, will focus in L.A. on uh, training, which starts next week. And he's got a long way to go. Um, a lot of cases, in my opinion, he kind of has a case of the yips. Um, it seems that there's no professional that could be this bad. You know, the worst free throw shooting percentage uh, with a minimum of over 70 attempts in playoff history at 35% in the history of the NBA playoffs. Uh, that is not necessarily someone of his caliber's doing or fault. That is also that is a case of, of, of a little bit of bad luck and a little bit of, of mental fortitude needed to get past this hurdle for Ben Simmons. So the Sixers have a lot to do. Um, it'll be really interesting. I think that the, the Bucks. You know, getting squeak, squeaking past the Nets don't have to answer those questions right now. If they lost to the Nets, I think they would. The Nets are in a pretty solid place, but overall, Philly's going to dominate the the offseason talks as well as as the Mavs and see what what Luca does there with the with the rookie supermax coming up for him as well. We'll get back to what maybe the Sixers should do, but I want to talk about the teams then that are still alive, and I do think that. This playoffs has been filled with unlikely results, unlikely storylines, to be completely honest. I don't think that anybody thought that the Los Angeles Clippers would be able to rally and get to this point, especially without Kawhi Leonard. I know the Suns have sort of continued to prove what a lot of people wanted to believe to be true, but they had a lot of, uh, I guess, a lack of exposure during the season this year, only playing on national television four times. Uh, The Bucs were able to gut it out against a really talented but injured Nets team. But it was a great breakthrough for the Bucks. Uh, but then I think maybe the most unlikely conference finalist in these conference finals is the Atlanta Hawks. I think that everybody loves the Atlanta Atlanta's young core, and they think that Trey Young is a great centerpiece to build around. But I don't think anybody had Atlanta versus Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. So what did you think of the way that the Hawks were able to uh, oust a team in the Sixers that coming into the playoffs seemed like they'd finally turned the corner, finally figured it out, but in the end, the same result, the same heartbreaking results, and now, like you said, a bunch of question marks, but Atlanta, probably the surprise story here in these playoffs. Certainly the surprise story, and and, and you mentioned Devin Booker being the best player in the playoffs. I think Trey Young would give him a, a good run for his money as far as importance to the team. Uh, Trey Young, the point guard for the Hawks, has just played out of his mind. I mean, he's taken the next step times a bunch, man. I mean, he is a dog, and there is no other way to put it. He is one of the most competitive, fearless players in the NBA. And, and right now, with what the, the field that's left, I mean, he's right there with guys who can win you a game. If you keep it close and you get to the fourth quarter, I mean, Trey Young can single-handedly win you the game. You can put one of the best perimeter defenders in the league on him in Ben Simmons. And and a 6'10 guy, versus, you know, I think Trey Young's all of 6'2", uh, maybe 6'3". And Trey Young's been getting the business. Uh, so I love Trey Young. I've been so darn impressed. We've talked about on this radio show about the, the, the 
how well the Hawks are constructed as a team. Um, they have multiple rim runners with shooting surrounding it. Uh, Trey Young is the best pick and roll decision maker in the league right now. You know, Chris Paul would argue with that, but, but Trey Young, his scoring output is different than something like Chris Paul. Well, with his ability to control pace as well, I mean, I love that Trey Young made, made, made it to the Eastern Conference Finals this early in his career, and I think it gives the Hawks such a good foundation to move, moving forward. You know, we've talked about also, it's sad, but they decided that they're not going to sign John Collins. They, uh, the star Young Ford, I believe he's only 21 years old. I love everything John Collins brings to the game. Uh, it looks like the Hawks are likely going to move on from him, so where do they go next? That'll be another off-season question, especially if John Collins continues to play well in these playoffs. Uh, the Hawks have been so darn impressive, man. And uh, as I mentioned a, a while ago, you know, Hawks Sixers was my favorite series going, just because I thought Trey Young could truly be one guy that could upset any team in the league, and he might have did that with the Sixers. Nuanas now, Brooks Nuanas, joining us on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line, broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsport Studio uh, here in Missoula, Montana. And I think that's an interesting element too when you talk about the sort of the comparing and contrasting of Trey Young and Chris Paul. You have Basically, the the old dog among NBA point guards, a guy who, uh, it, by a lot of statistical measures, one of the greatest point guards in NBA history, but also a guy that has had um, team postseason success, uh, success elude him in Chris Paul. Then you have Trey Young, the upstart guy, which I think a lot of people were, I don't want to say haters, but people were skeptical of his style being able to, to translate to the NBA, but it certainly has. And he is the definition of a new age modern-day, high-usage NBA point guard. Averaging almost 30 points per game and over 10 assists per game so far in this playoffs. But then you look at the other two teams and what they do with the guy who's quote-unquote playing point guard. And perhaps the reason the Los Angeles Clippers are in this position is Paul George shifting over to play the point, uh, to play on the ball, bring the ball up for the Los Angeles Clippers. You look at Milwaukee as well. Drew Holiday does play on the ball a fair amount, but also Giannis Antetokounmpo is a guy that plays on the ball in the half court quite a bit as well. So this is sort of just putting on display, right, Brooks, the the fact that you can't have the traditional style or the new age style or then completely unorthodox versions of it. But at right now, it's probably the prevalent storyline in the league. This is a point guard league, to, just no matter how you define point guard, but it is a high-usage ball-in-your-hands league, which then in turn makes it a point guard league. It absolutely is, man. And, and you know, they... The counter to the Warriors and, and their ability to go small from 2015 to 2019, um, which they still can, but you know they went small rel- relatively often. You know Draymond at, at small ball five, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry being dominant shooters and scorers. Uh, that model was actually countered in a way, or attempted to be countered overall throughout the NBA with adding big men back into the game. So right now there's a lot of big men that are prevalent in play. You know, we have young upstarts like DeAndre Ayton, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, and Rudy Gobert. Uh, Joel Embiid is one of the you know 10 or 15 best players in the league. A um, lot of different big guys in the league right now. But it's interesting that, you're, as you mentioned, it still is a point guard-driven league. At this exact moment, that's not always been the case. It's been a big guy's league for most of, most of its, uh, the NBA's entire existence. Also, and just kind of historically throughout the NBA, there has never really been a ton of teams that have won championships without prominent big guys playing, you know, the star role. Uh, very few got teams have been built around uh, small guys. You know, Isaiah Thomas for the Pistons, they have plenty of size around him and plenty of toughness around him. Uh, but right now, 
Chris Paul, let's say Chris Paul plays Trey Young and the Hawks in the finals, I think it would be one of the first times in, in ever, let alone uh, in recent memory, where two teams spearheaded by small guys, especially real small guys, you know, six under six four guys. A lot of guys have been small in the NBA. We're talking about like normal sized people here. You know, Chris Paul tips it about six feet, and Trey Young's not much bigger. This would be one of the first times that's happened, and and I'd love to look through it. Um, I don't think it's really ever happened before. So right now, this league is point guard driven. It's it's ball it's ball dominant driven. Um, the teams that move the ball have success, but a lot of high usage rates in the NBA right now with the small guys leading the way. It's a fun brand of basketball. Yeah, I think it's relatable, a little bit more relatable than sometimes the NBA is with a lot of seven footers flying around. Also interesting too, the fact that. We have not really had much changing of the guard. I mean, the NBA is among the most tried and true sports in terms of, first of all, it's usually only old guys that win championships. Uh, even Michael Jordan had to wait into his 30s uh, to win a championship. LeBron James uh, was in the league for close to a decade before he ever won a championship. Very uh, rare that a quote-unquote old guy uh, is the star or one of the main stars on a championship NBA team. But the other thing is that Less than half the franchises in the NBA have ever won the championship. I mean, the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers have won half of the NBA championships. And then you smatter in, you know, six for the uh, San Antonio Spurs and six for the Chicago Bulls and five um, for the Golden State Warriors. And there's not been a lot of uh, love to go around when it comes to champions. But now here we are where the best case scenario here would be the Milwaukee Bucks winning their first, I, I shouldn't say best, the, the only team that would ever has ever even tasted a championship amongst the Final Four is the Bucks, and that was way back in 1971. If you're doing the math, that's 50 years ago. The Atlanta Hawks, I believe, have not won a championship uh, since they were uh, in a different city even. Uh, maybe the St. Louis Hawks? I, I don't know. I believe that Bob Pettit might have led the Hawks to a championship back in the 40s or 50s, but yeah, you're going to have to stat check me on that one. I don't really know, and I know for a fact the Los Angeles Clippers and the uh, Phoenix Suns have never won the NBA championship. So I think that on one hand, there's been this massive narrative right now in the NBA about the shortened offseason and the detriment that has had on the playoff field, whether it's LeBron James or Damian Lillard or Stephen Curry or Clay Thompson, or the list goes on and on and on. Kawhi Leonard not being in the playoffs, that being bad for the league. I agree not having some of the biggest stars on the planet in all of sport is not great for your league, but I also think there is a silver lining here. This is amazing for the league to be to be able to put on display these awesome players that aren't all the guys I just named and still be having great TV ratings and entertaining basketball. So I think the fact that there is going to be a fresh champion in the league is a good thing for the league. I just hope people don't demean it by saying, oh, well, they wouldn't have won the championship if LeBron would have been healthy, yada, yada, yada. Where do you stand just on the fact that we have a lot of uh, new newcomers right now as far as championship contenders? No, I love it, man. And it, it, it's not just the NBA that... That the blue bloods dominate. It's all. It's in. It's in tons of sports. You know, hockey has a, a touch, a, a, a touch less of it. But otherwise, in in baseball and, and the NFL as well. I mean, it, it, it's kind of just the way that sports work. You can throw a lot of money in professional sports around, and, and you can buy a lot of players in a lot of different ways. And it makes me really happy when I get to see new teams and new markets and um, and the fandom. You know, I mean, gosh, the. The Suns fans have been great, and the Bucks fans, and they've been in it the last couple of years, but they're still great. For gosh, I mean, the Clippers fans were cheering. They were standing and cheering. It was sold out. The Clippers, I mean, come on. Like, the Clippers fandom, the second-rate citizens that they are to, to the Los Angeles Lakers in their own town, and they've been there for 30-plus years. 
the Clippers have never had that kind of fandom and never been able to. They've never made it to the, to the Western Conference Finals in their entire history. So it's great. I love it. Even though the Clippers seem like we we watched Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, and even back in the day they had some great players. And the Clippers seem like you know a, a, a Hollywood style team, but they really haven't been for many most of their existence. So. Even the Clippers in a big market, it's fun to see, um, you know, thriving. And, and we talked about Atlanta. You know, Atlanta being a team that that city is is, is such a good sports city. That, the area, the, the region, the, the south right there is, is built on sports and so many different elements of their culture. Uh, for them to have a good basketball um, team in that city, again, I think is super important for the region and, and the cultural relevance of someone like Trey Young bringing back you know, music stars and, and famous people to games and, and building that culture. And it's, it, I, I love to see it. I think it's super important for sports, but especially the NBA, it's where players are so visible and franchises are kind of hanging on the balances of just a couple faces. And we all know them. And we, we know them well just due to the, the nature of the game. So it's, it's super important for the league, and I'm happy to see it happening. Last thing for you, then Brooks Nuana is joining us here on Nuanez Now, talking all things NBA, as we do pretty much once a week here in recent months. Uh, but I know that uh, it's hard to pick these games because the matchups are a little bit interesting, and I, I actually love that they are. There's not some surefire mismatch like a lot of times you see in seven-game NBA playoff series, uh, but there is no game tonight. First time there has not been a game uh, on a weeknight in a really long time. Back at it tomorrow, Phoenix Suns hosting Los Angeles uh, for game two of the Western Conference Finals, and then game one of the Eastern Conference Finals begins on Wednesday. Uh, Tomorrow night's game, by the way, can be found here on ESPN Radio as well as on ESPN National Television as well. So, Brooks, I'm not even necessarily asking you to pick who you think we're going to win, but who do you want to win? Who's your rooting interest in these two conference finals? Well, I think they're who I want and who I think are the same, so I'll give you both. Uh, I, I, I'm rooting for the Suns. Um, I'd love to see Chris Paul make it to a title. I think that the Suns are a better team. I think Devin Booker's the X factor, especially with Kawhi Leonard being out and his injury being pretty veiled. You know, I saw the injury. I thought it was bad when it happened. Um, I believe that his ACL could be spared and intact, but I also believe that a hyperextension like he uh, suffered can really cause a pretty bad injury, uh, a, a tibial plateau bone bruise, which uh, Joel Embiid missed about 25 games this year due to the same style of injury. So it's quite Leonard being out, I'm taking the Suns um, and root for the Suns. And then on the Eastern side, I think it'll be a good series. I don't know if the Hawks are quite ready or if they have enough firepower. Um, and I would love to see Giannis make it to the mountaintop. You know, In our household, me and my little kids, we love Giannis. Uh, we think he's a great, great for the NBA. We'd love watching him play. Uh, so we'll be rooting for a really good series. I'll be rooting for Trey Young to have success and the Hawks to do what they do. Uh, but I hope for the Bucks to make it. Um, and I hope that the Suns play the Bucks in the title game and may the best man win. Brooks, appreciate the time, man. I know it's a busy time of year for you out on the trail there in southwest Montana. But we appreciate you taking a minute to hook up with us here on Nuanez Now. And thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch up with you soon. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Love having my bro on the show. It's always fun when we double up the nuances now. Give you a scoop on the rest of the week. Right after this, keep it here. 1029 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. 
in the city of palms. Call me what you want when you want if you want. And you can call me. Hey, what's up, everybody? A little late today. That's okay. Thanks to everybody who joined us throughout the show, whether it was Sammy Evans, Culture Janet Carroll, Jake Olson, or Brooks Nuanez. It's an awesome Nuanez now. So happy to have Northwest Motorsport on board. Go check out Northwest Motorsport. They have the largest inventory of trucks of anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. And they are now the official sponsor of the Nuanez Now studio here at the ESPN Missoula studio at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Want to find anything in the show from all those great interviews with those great Montanans? Go to the podcast platforms, any of your various podcasting platforms, or 1029ESPN.com. Podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Back at it tomorrow. Going to have a variety of different talk- talking points, including the Treasure State Stars, which we do once a week. Also have Jeff Safford from the Missoula Paddlehead swing by. Also going to keep on talking about the Olympic trials. And uh, I never got a chance to share my good news. So I, uh, I'm going to bury it and then tease you for tomorrow. A great announcement about this show and uh, a lot of the work that we've put in behind the scenes. And uh, we'll let you know that more tomorrow. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening today. It's Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Enjoy your evening. Missoula Paddleheads coming at you. First pitch, 715, right here on ESPN Missoula. Until then, be good. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.